Hello, and welcome to the Belmont Story Project. I'm Nancy McMenemy McComb, and today is June 24, 2019. I'm here with Jack Ananian, who has come in to tell us some memories about the 1969 lunar landing. Thanks for coming in. Hi, great to be here. So um, just to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what's your connection to Belmont? Well, uh, I went to all of the schools in uh, Belmont, and uh, my family has always lived here, mm-hmm. so um, I, I have a close affection for it. Even just went to the uh, rugby game uh, and saw the girls and the boys both win mm-hmm. state champion. Oh, terrific. Yeah, that was great. Great. So you're a longtime Belmontonian, sounds yeah. like. Um, I know you have a few stories uh, about the, the lunar landing, so let's start with the first one um, back when you were in grade school. Okay. Um, I went to Mary Lee Burbank School, and uh, at the time, it was 1957, and that's when Sputnik went up in October, and it was quite a shock to the nation. The, uh, uh, they had uh, beat us to putting up the first satellite. So uh, being in the fifth grade, I uh, got a project, the, the entire class got a project about making a scrapbook. And we got these huge pieces of paper and the goal was to bring in newspaper articles. Of course, all of this was brand new. Satellites, rockets, mm-hmm. all that stuff. People were like, didn't know what to make of it all. So uh, the teacher had the foresight to start the scrapbook. So uh, I would bring in newspaper articles. Other people would bring in newspaper articles, but I would bring in way more than anybody else. You were really excited about this. I was. Yeah. And uh, what helped is my family owned the Grove Spa in Belmont, and we got a newspaper every day. Mm-hmm. And at that time, there were like three editions a day, so I had a lot of newspapers to go through. <laughs> so I cut out uh, articles and I brought them in. We pasted into the book. Now, at the end of the year, uh, the teacher decided to give the book away, and they held a vote, and they voted me the person to get it. And I was so excited. I mean, I had contributed greatly to it, and then to have the honor of having it. Wherever it is now, I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's missing. But um, it was a lot of fun doing it. And of course, it was space, the first time we talked about space. Yeah, I think it was an exciting time for the country, although, like you said, it, Sputnik kind of caught people a little bit unawares. Right. Um, it made people somewhat nervous. Um, and then I know um, going back to high school, you kind of kept your interest in, in all this stuff, but you had, a, you had an experience at Bolt, Baranac, and Newman. Yes, you tell us? which is just down on Concord Avenue. It was at the time. Um, they came around uh, in high school, and they asked for volunteers to go there. And uh, so I think probably six or eight of us got picked. And after school, we'd go down there. And we learned what the project was. Now the so you didn't know at all going in? Well, they just said that it's a job. Okay. You know, we're going to pay you. So, um, and it had, of course, they said, you're helping the Apollo mission, which okay. was the men landing on the moon. So we, uh, we went in, and we sat in front of this huge console. Each one of us had our own console. It had about six or eight gauges on it, and the gauges went negative 40, 
up to positive 40. And we had a little red button that we were supposed to push yeah. whenever the gauges went over uh, the 40. And most of the time they'd come like right almost up to it. But, you know, so there were a lot of possible uh, false positives here. So anyway, uh, th that was the story that we were going to help the Apollo mission. We were going to help the astronauts mm -hmm. so that they could uh, uh, do a better job in the, in the cockpit. Well, years later, when I went to college, I learned about psychology and sociology experiments, mm -hmm. and I started thinking that that might just be a cover story that had nothing to do with oh, the experiment, right, right. because what they did was they'd start messing with our pay. Some people would start getting more money than they did before, mm -hmm. and it made it look like they were more successful at reading. Mm -hmm when in fact maybe I was doing just as good a job. Mm -hmm. So I never really knew what they were testing and studying. Yeah. So I always found that interesting and uh, I still have a friend uh, that I, we still talk about the experience. We were like best friends in high school and had done it together. Yeah. So uh, we still really never found out the truth. Do you know anything about both Baranak and Newman? Do you know what I mean, who they were or who they are? Um, I've kind of forgotten what they did. I thought they were uh, into acoustics and okay. sound uh, testing and so on, but hmm. maybe they were doing psychology experiments too. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. I, we could probably Google it and right, find right, out. Right, right, Do a little research. <laughs> All right. Well, great. So, um, and then I know the actual landing on, you know, in July of 1969, you were up at York Beach, Maine. So can you tell us about that one? Sure. Uh, the story starts out that uh, I was up there uh, for the summer uh, working as a second chef in a lobster restaurant and uh, made friends with, of course, all the, the kids that you're working with, uh, the waitresses and uh, so on. And as the time was getting closer to the whole um, landing event, meaning uh, weeks before it, um, I had connected with one of the waitresses, and, and she said, well, why don't you come over to my house? It's only a half a mile away from the restaurant, mm -hmm. and we can watch it there. But being in York Beach, Maine, they had difficulty getting a signal. It mm -hmm. wasn't like cable. You had to have an antenna on your roof. So I said, well, I'm pretty handy. I could go get a giant antenna at Radio Shack yeah. <laughs> and climb up on the roof and install it. She checked it with her parents. They said, okay. And there I was like a week before. And of course, I got to climb up this ladder and climb on the roof and attach it. And then, oh, you can't just leave it there. You have to adjust it. You have to move it around. <laughs> hey, how's the signal? Is that one okay? Yeah. Is that, well, what about this station? We had like three stations. Yeah. Right? So anyway, the, t the event comes, and uh, we've invited a bunch of the fellow workers from the restaurant there, and her parents are there. and uh, So we sit down to watch it, and we see the landing, and there's Jules Bergman on the television and Walter Cronkite on the television. You know, these were our stalwart announcers that yeah. were giving us all the information. Yeah, and you were getting a good... Well, go ahead. Well, a, a pretty good signal. Yeah. I mean, 
for being in York Beach, you know. It was better than it would have been with rabbit ears, that's for sure. So um, we're watching, and uh, they land. They land on the moon. Oh, my goodness, this is incredible. So all we see is like a silhouetted picture of where they're going to walk down the ladders and then eventually step on the moon. So I don't know. I vaguely remember it being maybe like, I don't know, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock local time. And we're waiting. And we're waiting. And we're waiting. Yeah. When are they going to come out? Yeah. And the announcers are yakking away, and we're hearing all the same stuff we've heard a hundred times. And finally, they come out. And what I find out later, they never announced this on the TV, yeah. that the astronauts were taking a five-hour rest period before they actually let them out. Oh, no. They wanted to be sure that the, the lander was going to be stable yeah. and not sink into the ground. Nobody knew. Yeah. Nobody had any idea. But it seemed stay. it was fine. But they were taking a nap, a <laughs> mandatory nap, and then they finally let them out. Right. And you see the kind of blurry images of them coming yeah. down. Well, one at a time. Yeah coming down and then stepping on the ground and making sure he didn't sink in up to his waist. Yeah. But the lander hit weighed way more than he did, and it didn't sink in, so they felt confident. And then he uttered the famous words. And um, But it was I remember it being early in the morning. Or yeah, you're struggling to stay awake. Hours later, and I think we had to work the next day and oh, right. all that. So. Yeah, yeah. And do you remember what the what the feel was? You know, once you once you finally I know you were all tired at that point, I guess. Yeah. But once he finally got out and you know made his famous speech, like, do you remember what went through your mind at all? Or because this was something you had you had personally been kind of excited about space oh, yeah. since you know since elementary school. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I knew all the statistics about the rocket weighed six point one million pounds, and uh, you know Michael Collins was in the command module orbiting the moon. Mm -hmm. And uh, then these, these two other astronauts, uh, Armstrong and Aldrin, mm -hmm. had to land the craft. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they almost ran out of fuel. Mm -hmm. They were coming down, and they, where they were going to land looked too rocky. Mm -hmm. And he had to keep flying a little bit further. Yep. And they finally brought it down, and it was because a human being was there. Right. Now, did you? Did people know at the time that they were so close on the fuel, or did you feel like, nope, they've got it? Or were people nervous? No, they never mentioned that. Yeah. So, so people at home were just excited and thought it was yeah, gonna go. like it was a piece of cake. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, this is easy. Yeah. And yeah. then only later, when you study and uh, research it, and I do want to give kudos to the Apollo 11 DVD. Oh, yeah. It is excellent. It was filmed 50 years ago, and you would think it was filmed yesterday. Oh, wow. It's crisp, clean images, and you just get a sense. You're looking in the audience. There's Johnny Carson, the comedian. Yeah. He's one of the invited guests. Uh, you're seeing things you, you didn't know anything about, but yeah. uh, I highly recommend it. It's going to be on TV, too. Oh, okay, great. But I got it from the Belmont Library. Yay. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> That's great. Um, and I guess one one last question. I noticed you're wearing a, a Spaceship One 
uh, shirt. Is that anything to do with, uh, with NASA or? All right, interesting story. My son was six years old. This is 2004. And I had decided that I wanted to go to the first civilian rocket launch, okay? So this was out in the Mojave Desert. And Paul Allen uh, had teamed up. He was from Microsoft. Okay, yeah. And he teamed up with Bert Rutan, who was an experimental aircraft person. And they had built the Spaceship One. And the basic concept was is to pick the little craft up, go to 50,000 feet, and drop it, and then light the solid fuel rocket to get to 62.5 miles, which is space. Okay. Once you're, that's called the Carmen line, I believe. So uh, I said, well, I likened it to my dad going to see Lindbergh, 1927, I think it was. And I thought, I want my son to see this, you know, the mm -hmm. first civilian rocket launch. So we flew there uh, and, uh, you know, stayed in a motel and, and got up at 4 o'clock in the morning to get to the launch site. Yeah. And uh, if you ask my son now what his favorite part of it was, was having breakfast uh, Carl Jr.'s, because we didn't have a Carl <laughs> Jr.'s right. here. And he had a hamburger for breakfast. And that's what he remembers the most about it. But, yeah, yeah. But it was a wonderful experience, and I'm glad I did it. Nice father-son trip. Yes, and I have, uh, I did save the newspaper article from there. From that, yeah. Yeah, so I still have that. Okay. Well, it sounds like this has been a long interest for you. Just out of curiosity, is your career anything to do with aviation, or no. just kind of a, a hobbyist interest for you? Yeah. Uh, after college, uh, I became an automotive mechanic. Okay. But I did it with a twist. I went to where the cars were. So I made appointments, and if they were a school teacher, I did it in the parking lot at the school. Oh, okay. And so on, and had did that for 44 years. Wow. Yeah, and people loved it. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for coming in. We really appreciate you taking the time to be part of Moon Memories, uh, Belmont Story Project. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.